Episode of Go Bayside, the Saved by the Bell podcast. As you know, where I have a friend come over and watch an episode of Saved by the Bell with me, and then we critically deconstruct it for you, the listener. And today's guest is the lovely and talented Karen Kilgara. <laughs> Hello, who really did me a solid because she never watched the show when it was on. This is the first full episode you've seen, right? That's exactly right, and and it changed her life. I'm really different now. I'm definitely a Republican. <laughs> There's all these changes inside of me. Okay, well, the the episode we just watched. Uh, is an episode called House Party, and the original air date is October 6, 1990. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. So um, we're well into season two now. So wh- as I like to do, you go ahead and tell us like the general plot points, and then we'll really get into it. And this will also give me a chance to eat the delicious cookies that you brought over. Okay. Um, let's see. Here's how this went. So there's this nerd named Screech (laughs) who is an incredibly gifted actor uh, and didn't seem like a like he had brain damage at all. Um, And his mother, Ruth Buzzy, who is among our more subtle actresses of Hollywood, (laughs) decides to go on a vacation to Graceland and she gives him a big long list of things he's not allowed to do while she's gone, uh, including having a house party, having girls over. And a bunch of other comedic things that make a long list. And um, the, simultaneously, which might be the B plot, I'm not sure if this is the A plot or the B plot, um, He there's a girl who is Tori Spelling who you know she's a nerd because she has glasses mm-hmm. and braids. Right. The classic Hollywood um, sign that you're ugly or a nerd mm-hmm. is if you have glasses and your hair is in some kind of weird... Um, configuration and she has a, an abusive nerd boyfriend <laughs> who i feel like i recognize that actor from something else i don't i didn't recognize him but i, I will say yeah her abusive nerd boyfriend who by the way is named max nerdstrom like yeah n- who no one no last <laughs> names ever in history have the word nerd in them well also it's like are those are the writers on the show phoning it in are they using a computer program is it like, if you're tough, your last name is Strengthstum? Or, you know what I mean? Like, is that pretty much... Right. Did, were they really just trying to lay it out for the kids on Saturday morning? They or? really do, because he... Other nerd... I mean, there's, like, another nerd on some episode named, like, Poindexter. Like, it's right. so by the book, nerd. Yeah. And also, they... um There was, a, like, that... Nerdstrom had a friend bring the dog in near the end. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. And he was also a nerd. And you can tell because he had curly hair and a bow tie. Right. And, of course, glasses. Glasses. Glasses, glasses always. For sure. Yeah. So there was a real... Um, there was a lot. There's a real serious cast system in Bayside. Yes. I feel that there was a very clear cut groups. Um, because also Slater kept calling um, Zach Preppy. Preppy. That's what... Yeah. That's what he always calls him. As opposed, and what is Slater besides a thirty-eight-year-old man at a junior high? Besides the most ripped fifteen-year-old, you're besides ever supposed the to most roided-out child exactly. in all of history. Well, he, I guess, he's cool because to Slater always calls Zach preppy, which he thinks is an insult. I guess because Slater, I guess, is like the cool, suave guy. He is okay, right? Who's to me, preppy is like ideal. Right. I'm like, yeah, he's a preppy and he owns it and that's good. But well, and also Slater. he's so much cuter. Like that idea that Slater... I remember um, somebody telling me about or, or seeing it or whatever and finding out that Mario Lopez, back in the day, that Mario Lopez was like the hunk of that show. Right. And just being like, who... According to who? Like right. what girl... I think he's not only like physically threatening like right. he looks like a crazy doorman <laughs> that's like wandering around a junior high and then then like the creepy dimple and the dead eyes like it's a bad combination and then a right. straight up mullet right like that but he's the hawkeye and the blonde one is supposed to be like well, not supposed as hot to be, like the dueling hawkeyes okay. like the, this backstory zach owns the school zach morris is the king of the school and then when slater comes in he's like his first real competition for like coolest guy in school okay so they're supposed to kind to be like dueling hawkeyes okay yeah right that's how it usually was sure of course they would <laughs> they would duel and they would also often you know in junior high when you would constantly hook your thumbs into your jean pockets yeah. while you were talking in a large open group yeah. 
a group that was cheated out to camera very, constantly. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing I noticed was, oh, he's the star of this. Clearly, it's year two, but he still has nervous acting hands. Right. Like, he just oh, did not know right. where to put those hands. Right. And also, most, I mean... I'm of the theater, so sure. a lot of the, a lot of this show offended me, um, and <laughs> one of the main reasons was almost all of the care and their kids. I mean, it really did feel like a a play. It right. felt like it felt like they were all in the kitchen thinking this up, and then they came into the living room <laughs> to show us to perform it for their parents. Yeah, that's what something. it felt like to me. Right, right. Because a lot of them would be like, "This is my line, but it's gonna end like this." Is like they either ran out of air or they were just swallowing it. Like they were like, I shouldn't really be talking. Right. Like they were clearly nervous. Right. I think. Except for, of course, Elizabeth. What's her name? Elizabeth Berkeley. It truly looked like they intercut showgirls. Like she looks she, as old as she, she has is. So much makeup on. So she much does makeup. look like so much older than the rest of the cast. And they're of. They're supposed to be. Well, now I guess they're like sixteen because or fifteen or sixteen. Some of them. And I think they're of age. Maybe slightly older. I think maybe they were 17 and 18 when they were playing. They're still teenagers, but she definitely looks like a 30-something mom. Yeah, she looks kind of yeah. like a haggard waitress yeah. in Arizona. <laughs> She's, like, working for those tips. But also, that's the bias of... I really do love Showgirls. It's so entertaining, right. and I'll watch it anytime it's of course, on. Of course, yeah. It's seeing her in this is just like... Was that what... Did Paul Verhoeven direct Showgirls? Yes, I think so. Because the first thing I thought was like, now I see what Verhoeven saw in her. <laughs> even like, then, even as he was watching so Save the Bell, he was like, one day. Just those old pervy directors in Hollywood totally. that are like, yeah, I'm going to watch some of the kids shows and see who I can pull up through the ranks as the new right. fucking, you know. Get naked in my movie once barely legal their Nickelodeon jail bait. Yeah, career exactly. is over. Yeah, Disgusting business. So anyhow... <laughs> Uh, Tori Spelling was the girl nerd that had an abusive boyfriend um, who then she wanted to go out with Screech and so then they kind of got together and then the boyfriend was mad but the boyfriend was the richest nerd in Bayside yes they said that at one point yeah then um, they the girls went over to see what the boys were doing at the house at Screech's house by themselves they did a wonderful lip sync to Barbara Ann Barbara Ann yeah that was not embarrassing at all. But as you pointed out, they were wearing Kanye glasses. They were wearing. They were way ahead of their time. They were yeah. wearing those like striped Kanye glasses, and everything was a little neon. Yes. And um, again, Screech just makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to look at him. <laughs> I don't want to watch him talk. I feel like he's not in control. He's not of himself of what yeah, he's doing no he doesn't know what he's doing and he kind of it's like you know he would <laughs> he would often do things where like he's making faces when the someone else is talking and the camera's kind of on them but he's like in the background setting his face for the next reaction oh, right totally like that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, or yeah, it's yeah. just like this person isn't you know like joseph gordon let it levitt on th- third rock from the sun was a child actor but in the best kind of child actor way where it's a child actor like able to play an adult, able to do the job he's supposed to do. Right. Screech can't play a nerd 15-year-old, believably. Even though that's what he is. Even that, though, that's, it's him. It's, it's his they, life. It's basically they wrote a part for him. Right. And he can't do it. Right. It's so uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> and pain And painful. And so I hope the porn thing works out better. Um... Ruth Buzzy plays the mother. Right. Uh, and they got out of town. Oh, we mentioned that. Okay. So, and then, so they, so the girls, Tori Spelling, the nerd, in all the hubbub after the girls watch the lip sync, Tori Spelling, Spelling breaks Ruth Buzzy's precious um, Elvis, Elvis statue. Elvis That's statue, right. And Screech faints. Yes. Immediately. Immediately faints. And, like, because he do. takes it literally, the mom said, I would die if something happened to this, and he takes it 100% literally. Right, which then is a dream sequence with Ruth Buzzy, him trying to glue the statue together, Ruth Buzzy floating in, uh, tiptoeing in uncomfortably, dressed as an angel, explaining that she died, and then she says, you don't have to explain it to me, you have to explain it to him. And then the principal, which I didn't know was the principal until yeah, you told me. Yeah, I tell you it was building. The principal comes in dressed as Elvis, doing an Elvis thing, which I knew it must be a cast member, because of the dead eyes. Right. I knew right. if it was a real Elvis impersonator, there'd either be sunglasses or some, they'd be doing a bunch of stuff. But instead it was a man in a costume with dead eyes. Yes. Halfway doing something. Yeah, right. So I was like, okay, this has got to be someone's dad. Right. Or someone, a teacher of some kind. And it was. Right. Um, so we got a lot out of that scene. It was very, there was a lot of symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, 
angels representing the afterlife which is kind of about what are these ki- what are these kids going to do when the show ends right, Pro- right tons of drugs sure. probably uh, that's what I saw it as. It was sure. like, you're all headed toward this Elvis state mm-hmm. of near near death. Right. Uh, drug-induced fried peanut butter sandwich death. <laughs> Get ready. This is a glimpse into your future uh, <laughs> Yep. Take a look, Screech. We could just put that statue down and look at your hideous future. Um, so that was moving. And then, so then they have to figure out a way to get money to buy the new statue. Right. Then, very foreshadowing, Lisa Turtle says... I'm all about shopping or something like that, who then later became a compulsive shopper that I saw. Oh, well, that's always her. Like, that's her character is that she's just fashion obsessed. Like, the only thing she cares about is clothes. Well, that but it turned out to be true in real life. Did you ever see that thing? It was like one of the early My My Strange Obsessions or it may even been been earlier than that series. But they did a thing about her compulsive shopping as her now where she is in. I had no idea. Massive amounts of debt (gasps) doesn't hasn't really worked since that show. Right, Right. And her house she's like a hoarder her house is filled with brand new things and she goes to the shopping every day i had no idea it was that she was a hoarder in real life yeah that's like one of the first things i ever learned about say by the bell was lisa turtle's hoarding shopping compulsion i'm gonna have to find that online it's that pretty episode. amazing it's it's upsetting it's not like because it's that thing where like it's all like the whole the whole la lifestyle is like it's so um exciting and enticing to people but when you're actually in it yeah it really is like what's the newest shirt you have what you are your outfit you are what you look like you are your face you are your hair and so there's those people that get this glimpse they get this taste of like i could be this could be it for me i'm gonna go there and it doesn't fucking happen and that happens every day it happens all the time we all know people it's happened to and then you're left with your you know, whatever possible mental disorder you might either have or develop or that it's horrifying. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I've seen recent interviews where there were it's like, oh, she's clearly insane. Yeah. And not like in a funny way, like, oh, she should be institutionalized. Yeah. That TMZ video yeah. where she's just kind of. Yeah. She looks drugged out like she looks like she's and I don't whoever was with her and then walked and let her just speak on camera. Yeah. Should she she should never talk to that person again. Like yeah. that's the thing is like who was that person? The person that would yes go to dinner with her but not protect her from like from a saying terrible insane. decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hideous. Yeah. So there was that was we'd say that's the D plot. It's just the internal sadness find- of Hollywood. Oh, oh yes, of course. <laughs> in every episode, of course. In every episode, that is. It's hanging like a specter yes. in every episode yes, of, of course. Like, the disgusting future. Uh, wait, am I forgetting a, a plot line? No. Um, no. She, so she's got to go buy the statue. And then so they've got to find a way to get the 250 bucks to get this Elvis statue. And then. Um, and of course, every 15 year old solution poker poker yes poker. oh yeah well i have lots of notes about that so yeah this, so they <laughs> get max to play poker with them to try to get the money right but then he lose or they lose to him and they also lose the dog to him yeah they bet the the dog is the pot yeah which you then said which was hilarious when you were like are we still only supposed to be talking about the plot line yeah we're just gonna do and then okay. we'll go like beat by beat of okay, all the good. ridiculous shit You're a good one at that yeah point. um so then he takes the dog screeched faints or does what it, he does something that's distracting and not believable and then then they have to figure out a new plan and the new plan is they're gonna have a party and charge people ten dollars yes. ahead yeah even though that's against the rules the yes. long list of rules and then they have the party and then um the mom comes home early right right there's nothing else that happens there and then zach has this perfect plan which actually is super brilliant yeah i kind of love that that was i love that he had a happy anniversary sign waiting all along. Yeah, like so ready that, to go. Yeah, so when the mom walked in and goes, what's happening here? He goes, hey, here's what's happening. And then they it says happy anniversary, and then she immediately isn't mad and is right. so touched, and then they all dance. Yeah, and, and Slater gets to the mall on time, gets the statue. Oh, right, and, and then in the 11th good. hour runs in, right. throws it. Zach catches it dramatically and puts it up, and, it's, and yeah. then everybody's happy. Yeah. Okay, I have a lot. This is an episode close to my heart. As you can see, sitting in my apartment, I am a huge Elvis Presley fan. <laughs> Love Elvis Presley. Would not be, I would also not be pleased if someone broke any of my Elvis collection. Would I die? No, wouldn't die over it. But I'd be, I'd be bummed. Sure. Would you put an angel costume on over I it? Maybe. Die. Yes. Maybe that's yes. what you would do. So yeah, so um, I, and I do like, like it opens in Screech's house, you know, 
and Zach's there, and the mom, Ruth Buzzy, is like, hey, we're going to Graceland for our anniversary, which is, I think that's a thing people would clown on, but, like, it's a thing I'd do. Sure. So at first you think, what, who would do that? Uh, April and whoever she ever dates again would do that, hopefully. <laughs> so I'm on board with that. And then, um, yeah, so she's giving, she's like telling Screech what he can and can't do and gives him this like impossibly com- like comedic scroll of, you know, here are the house rules. And then he opens it and it's like five feet long. Yeah, there were a lot of... Um I want to say vaudevillian style. Totally. I say that in like every episode. It's totally hilarious. It's just, and like there was one thing where they were having a conversation and Zach was standing over to the side and his facial expressions were so over the top. He was like borderline miming where it was like, whoa, like just big eyes, (laughs) big eyes, rolling his eyes, looking around, shrugging his shoulders. It's so hilarious. It's like, it's, they, this also, it almost seems like it could be a show that teach English as a second language people. Oh my you know God, I mean? totally. Where it's like, you can just read their reactions yeah. to, yeah, absolutely. I'm confused. Right. My hands are going to go way up in the air. Totally. Like a lot of that. And then like big long lists and yeah. And it uh, is like nerds. a Looney Tunes. Yeah, it definitely is. And like, so he, so yeah, he's making all these faces when he's giving her the rules. But of course he's Zach. Like he's thinking we're immediately going to break the rules. But Screech is like, you heard what mom said, no parties. Right. And so they cut to school. But he says that kind of looking off at no one. Right. Because he's a terrible fucking actor. You're so obsessed. I hated it. Screech is terrible. It's like things like that that start to make me insane where like I can't look at, all I can think of is like, this is what I do all the time to make myself unhappy. I just put myself in their shoes of like, if you can't make eye contact with the person you're in a scene with, because right. you're you're just so fucking goofy, that you're just kind of like looking out over there. It's like you, you've just you you're stunt cast. Like you've right. been cast in this way where you can, can barely get it together to not to be okay to be right. on that stage. Like but, it's just so uncomfortable. It's like watching the most uncomfortable adolescent boy. And it also must be super uncomfortable for the person they're sharing the scene with, because you know they're sitting there like you're not even looking like I'm supposed to be. Yeah. The rule is you have to talk. You have to look at me as you talk to me. That's just our, that's a basic human rule. It's like, even just, you can just passing eye contact in life and on the stage. I would say (laughs) I'd, I'd like it even more on the stage as I eat cookies into a mic. I know. I do. Um, yeah. So they, so they're at school and that's when Zach's like, let's have a party anyway. And Screech is like, no, we can't. And then Slater goes, it's okay. We'll have dudes night in. Right. He, he solved that right quick. Mm-hmm. He came right in. He's like, we'll do dude stuff. It'll be great. He's like, I'll leave my kids at home. I'll tell my, I'll tell my <laughs> wife a, I'll be busy I'm a that night. Bouncer. Because I'm the oldest teenager of all time. Right. He's disturbing looking. Right. He, um, so, yeah, so he says, we'll do dude stuff. But then Screech catches Violet Bickerstaff checking him out, which is Tori Spelling, as you pointed out. And also, again, in Say by the Bell Land. Of course, it's like slap glasses on somebody and they're a nerd. Because she is pretty. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's super pretty. Yep. The only thing, again, she's a quote-unquote nerd because she's wearing giant glasses. Right. That nobody, even like a nerd, would be like, those are too big. Yeah. And <laughs> her hair and braided pigtails. And also, did you notice every uh, dresses that are like four sizes too large? Yes. Because and you also know she has a nice body and they can't like show that she has a nice body. Yeah, she has, I think... I don't know about at this age because I'm not sure, but she her rack is bought as we all know. Yeah, and so they they you're not going to want to highlight that. And so she did have like slouchy shoulders yes. the whole oh, time. Super that was slouchy. Part of her nerd character. Yeah, definitely. I I think that was a combination of her trying to hide her boobs and also being like, nerd. I'm a nerd. I have yeah. zero self worth as nerds are supposed to have. You know right. what I mean? Especially nerd girls. Nerd girls are the <laughs> scum of the earth. <laughs> they should not have any confidence. So yeah, so she's but again. She's beautiful. You can clearly see she's beautiful, but glasses equals nerd. Yep. So she's checking out Screech, and so Screech is kind of checking her out back, but then comes her abusive nerd boyfriend yes. down the steps. And you've mentioned, okay, not abuse is never funny, but how is this, the, this character, let's just, the characteristics of this guy, he's abusive, he's like a raging misogynist, but yet an insane dork. Yeah. But also, the ri- I wrote, he's the richest, they call him the richest, most powerful dork at Bayside. <laughs> this is not, I don't remember in any, even a John Hughes, like, I don't remember rich nerd. No, that's a, being uh, that's a an thing. unholy combination. Isn't rich it? and like, nerd. It's, it's like the rich bully. 
Yes. Like the William Zabkas of the world are That's like right. also rich, Very but a rich common. nerd. A rich nerd they don't I've never I mean, really heard of. You have to imagine that the guys that were in Weird Science, at least one that one guy where everything took place at his house, he was kinda rich. He mm. they lived in a big house. And they bought all that equipment. I right. mean, I guess. But yeah, usually if you are if you are a nerd by definition, you don't have any power. So right. the idea that then it's almost like so there's a lot of politics at Bayside where your money's going to buy you power right. or like it none of it makes sense and even if that were true he's just a troll he's a troll in a weird nerd oh, suit yeah. so yeah. none of it where does the power come from what kind of power what does he use exactly. it for what does he get yes. besides Tory spelling well yeah and that's the thing is he's he's monstrous or like he snaps to indicate he wants her to come over like he's crazy terrible to her it's almost kind of like teaching girls like this is step one of like okay definitely don't accept this right yeah the the bare like yeah definitely don't put up with it when a dude snaps no yelling no snapping like we get (laughs) that's gonna be step one just ingest that for a couple years (laughs) and then we'll get to the heavy stuff later but for now just bare men don't answer when a guy snaps that's exactly just know that that's bad yeah exactly yeah so, yeah, so she comes over, though, and he's like, how dare you talk to another dude? Because she was talking to Screech. He's like, after I bought you this gold-plated pocket protector. That's right. And you're still talking to another man. Yeah. 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 Hilarious. Again, wonderful. It's a wonderful comedic prop. Yes. Because imagine. Imagine if nerds, rich nerds, got everything they wanted. And gold-plated pocket protector is just... Like, I can't even wrap my brain around how... And again, we've guessed before... I don't know. The writers of the show, I think, are like 40-plus-year-old men. Easily. I think they were. Yeah. So, yeah, just that that's their thing. Like, what would a rich and powerful dork have? Yeah. And that took them 11 seconds, and then they moved right on to everything else that happened. Because it's, like, not... Yeah, it's not creative. It's not, like, the nicest calculator on the market or anything like that. It's just, like, what's the first thing you see... Every time, turn it gold. We're done. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Page nine. Let's go. We've got to turn this shit out. I'm surprised it wasn't like gold-plated headgear or something. Because <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other like nerd accoutrement that you would like immediately think of. Gold but... tape to put on the middle of your yeah, glasses. Yeah, gold tape. Solid gold tape for Solid the middle of your glasses. For the bridge of your nose. Totally. So, Cocaine. Yes. They love Coke. Nerds do? <laughs> I was like, wait, is that a thing? Is that true? Is that, that's why they're so nervous all the time. They're all cokeheads. What if that was a thing? <laughs> and you learned it now. Yeah, with me. like, oh, all of the nerds in school were on coke. Yeah. They're um, all rich. I, uh, yeah, so that, so she comes over and is like, I'm sorry, whatever, and then walks off and doesn't talk to Screech. And then the next thing that they cut to, oh, and then they're all just like, oh my God, he's such a dick. I can't believe what a dick he is to her. And Screech is like, if she were my girlfriend, I would be super cool to her. Now I have to say this. There was a couple moments in there that were very tender when he was talking to her or with, like in that moment, I believed him. Oh, so you were impressed with his skills. He drew me back in a tiny bit. Okay. When he's not trying to be funny uh-huh. and he's kind of like a lost nerd at school trying right. to... Trying to navigate because that's the more waters. real, I think, for him, right? And yeah, and it was a little more rested, and it just it was a little more human. Mm-hmm. And I, I came back in, and then the second he had a joke, which he was face prepping for you in the shop before, out. I was like, this fucking hat again. <laughs> So, so it's been a real roller coaster. Dramatic roles. <laughs> well, that's all you want to see him do. All we dramatic want, work. All anybody wants when they watch a show is to see their own story. They right, want to see something right. they can relate to. So, I love a nerd that ha- has is having his heart broken or is pining for something he thinks he can get, and if only he could see that he could get it. That's right. a, that's the story of the ages. It's beautiful, right? And it's he, beautiful. He was really making me believe that he had this kind of sadness in his heart in this longing uh so yeah he just needs to go to, into more dramatic he roles. just needs to do like merchant ivory films that's exactly and- right <laughs> get him in a fucking ascot and a nice <laughs> tall top hat some velvet gloves oh my god dustin diamond in the next <laughs> merchant ivory <laughs> so yeah so he after that they cut back to screech's house and that it's dude's night now so it's just him and zach and slater and they are in their like socks and tank tops or whatever that was clearly a, ri- a risky business oh totally Tip of the hat. yeah yeah like but they couldn't use the song exactly they, you know they're not gonna pay and they couldn't even use the real barbara ann it was like a weird i never get that 
I don't know the logistics of it because I always feel like if you can use, they're singing Barbara Ann, like the lyrics and the right. tune. It just right. wasn't the Beach Boys. Right, because I think... How do you get away with that? You can... There are people that will record it, like somebody else paid for the publishing, and then they you can get, a, like, the cheaper version, the not real version. Right. For cheaper, you still have to pay, though, because you're, pay, you're still paying the Beach Boys and their publishing. Right. But you don't probably don't have to pay that performer who's saying the rip-off version as much. But is it really that much... If you're already paying publishing, is it really that much more expensive to just get the real song? You know, we got to get a line producer yeah, in here, because uh, I'm more a creative I producer. You say that, though, but I do get emails. There have been episodes where I'm like, how is this i got an awesome email oh i forgot i'll have to look up the name but the last episode um my friend andre and i were trying to figure out how principals get hired like and, and, and he goes i think they just like american idol it and they the teachers have a, top, a principal off and then i got an actual email from somebody that's like no here's how principals yeah, get you hired have to have and a it was degree super and- it was really informative so yeah, yeah anybody who's in charge of music on uh, shows uh, yeah how do you actually, get the song but not the singers and i would just like to go on record now retrospectively in now realizing that of course people are listening and of course would know more i was just totally putting cobbling together pieces of information that i've known over the years but i like to say things with authority oh sure and i like to pretend i know things. you have more you would know more than you've worked in tv way longer and have done way more like you would totally know like shit like that like publishing and clearance and stuff like that is so intricate and my brain turns off like all I know is you have to pay when you have songs, you have to pay for them. Right. And it's kind of fascinating because it's like, yeah, if you write a hit song, you start getting paid. You can get paid by shows that you'd never even anticipate. And it's right. sweet. Um, but I mean, to I was pretending that I really knew the details when I could be absolutely incorrect. No, that's but you bring it up reminds me of one of my get rich quick schemes. Not very quick, <laughs> but like my I like if I ever I always thought, why don't I ever write a song about graduating? Because then you're set for life. Just yeah. write a song that's kind of heartfelt about graduating from something. <laughs> I'm kind of serious. And then no, you're just true. like, you're done. Like, you're going to get checks every May or June for the rest of your life for, like, all the places and shows and whatever playing it. That's right. You know, you're exactly... It's like Christmas songs. Yeah. I mean, like, it's absolutely... It's it's absolutely write a song a, about prom or graduation and then kick back and count your money for the I mean, rest of your life. Because who was it that some somebody did? It's Boz Lerman who did the the wear sunscreen oh, song. Was does that count as a graduation song? Well, didn't he, it was a grad? I believe yeah, that's because it, oh, it was it was, it was like a class of whatever. Wear your sunscreen. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Yeah. It was initially like a speech that they just put to music, right? But that's the first thing I thought of. Where I was like, yeah, that guy fucking lucked out. Yeah, because that's gonna get played forever in every scene where somebody graduates or at graduation yeah yeah all right well i'm gonna work on that when we're done Good. here i'm gonna Would it be like just kind of like we all had these years together yeah it's gonna be shit like that it's not yeah. gonna be basler it's not gonna be spoken word i mean that's kind of half-assed yeah, it's gonna be not- really sad it's gotta be sappy yes and maybe I always feel like it would have the word graduate. Like, it would be so blatant. Like, it would just be like, we're graduating. <laughs> What's, what rhymes with graduating? I well, I either, I can't decide if it's going to be like that and I'll have graduation in it. Or if it'll just be a general, like, wasn't being a teen fun. And so it can be we played did it at, together. <laughs> so it can be played at prom or graduation. Yeah. So it'd be interchangeable. It's good that you don't. Yeah. That you're, you're not super specific. But now yeah. I'm obsessed with thinking of what rhymes with graduation, like maturation. That's not a good. <laughs> that's not a good rhyme, though. It is good. It'd be you so are maturing as you graduate. Congratulations on your maturation. <laughs> this is the best graduation. Do you agree? <laughs> so, that that's mine i've already mailed it to um ASCAP, okay, that's motherfuckers on, but that's so hyped up no <laughs> oh it's yeah it's not your like i believe i can fly you want the i believe i can fly of graduation yes. yours is like if you go to a rave <laughs> mine was like yeah 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 <laughs> mine was basically like a. it was like an um it was like an ad that was like a radio jingle basically yeah. <laughs> Everybody get ready to graduate tonight. That's right. Right? I can't stop laughing. Because I also picture it, picture it. That's what was playing when everybody's like tossing their tassels or whatever. Like, graduate. <laughs> freeze frame. Yep, exactly. Okay, we're going to collaborate on a graduation song when this is over. We're going to stop and collaborate and listen. That's right. Um, okay, so Barbara Ann, they're singing it. And they, yeah, they're ahead of their time. They got those like striped. Kanye glasses and they're rocking out and then the girls at school were like we gotta see what dudes do yeah for dude night 
So then they cut to them standing in the doorway. So basically, the girls broke into Screech's house. Which they, yes. I would say that whole scenario was the opposite of the Tori Spelling teaching moment of don't go out with guys who snap. And this was encouraging girls to A, break into houses, yes. and B, that this is something they would see if all a bunch of guys got together, which I think in real life would actually be a heartbreaking, if oh, not completely soul-scorching uh, experience. Oh, it absolutely would. There's no way. Obviously, I'm not a dude. I've never been a teenage dude. I'm almost 100% certain this has never happened in real Like, dudes don't get together and do dance routines. No, I think they get together and make up nicknames for girls that only they know about. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be a it would really be horrifying. painful yeah. uh, if they were all standing in the kitchen listening, and then it'd just be like, let's start calling her horse face. Exactly. Or, what, or, whatever. or it would also be them talking about like who they want to bang, and who's, who's got a hot ass, but who's, an ugly yeah. face. Yes, and then exactly. Giving a n- n- number rating. Yes. And... A bunch of shit like that. Exactly. So none of the singing and dancing would be happening. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they just straight up break into Screech's house, <laughs> standing there, whatever. The dudes see them, and they're momentarily embarrassed because they're like, oh, you saw singing and dancing. But then they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, none of them are like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? How'd you get into my house? Right, because in this cast, they don't have time for anybody to make those emotional adjustments. They just, <laughs> have, to li- they just have to line up six abreast again. That's right, all right. they know is right. like, I'm going to be doing this lip sync, and and then I have to go line up behind the couch. Right. Those are my two jobs in this scene. Right. And that, I've got to stay conscious of that. Yeah. So I don't have the room to be like, other emotions. If there was yeah. embarrassment, it was probably genuine. Right, like, right. They really were jumping around. So they really are embarrassed. Right. But, but other than that, yeah, they don't, yeah. there's no time. So yeah, so they, they there's no questions asked. They're just like, oh, you guys are in my house now. That's and, crazy. Yeah. And so they go... In in this whole hubbub, because Screech is also nervous because Tori Spelling's there, so he's like, "Oh my crush!" Was he nervous? Yeah, it, he like <laughs> spins her around or something, and and she hits the Elvis statue. Oh yeah, it falls and shatters, and then Zach, who we see now, I think this is one of the first times. Like Zach's pretty ripped now. He's wearing a tank top and has like pretty big arms. Yeah. So he's almost, he's getting neck and neck with Slater for like they're to- totally shooting up steroids in to- there. In yeah, because they're like fifteen. Rooms. Yeah, either that or I guess I mean yeah, because we've I say this almost every episode too because whoever I'm with too is like I had zero dudes in my high school that look like that. Right, zero. Yeah, I did not know any guys seniors to freshmen, and it didn't matter that had muscles like that. They were like cut. Yeah, they were cut, but they weren't like yeah. Slater's like he looks like hulking. he's in prison. Yeah. Like Slater, Slater looks like he's fucking on a work furlough. He's dangerous. I don't like Slater. <laughs> I want him out of there. He's dangerous. There's a, a he clearly has like an ankle knife, and there's he he'll do anything. You can't trust that motherfucker. He's got an ankle. I can't knife. believe he like. I love that you think he's a bouncer. <laughs> he does look like he could be in Roadhouse. He just looks like he always has his arms crossed. Right. Like yes, for, he does. totally. Just like he's got his arms crossed on his face. Right. <laughs> Like that's he's, got, he's making the facial equivalent of having of his arms, arms crossed. Cross. Like it's like a sneer. A, there's nothing worse than that, like smug sneer where that's so unearned. Right. Where it's just like you bring nothing to the table and you're being smug. Right. Literally, like, literally who, uh, my eyes can't register you. Right. When you're that way. Yeah. Like, just that, you disappear. You know, Slater. Yeah, he's always on that kind of ego trip. But I mean, to be fair, if you were 15 and you had muscles like that, you'd probably be like check them out like yeah you'd probably be a little smug and again to be fair i'm having such a strong emotional reaction clearly he's doing something right to slater. to slater he's driving me nuts so obviously mario lopez knows a little something about acting about bringing it on camera and being like one of the most repugnant teens totally of he all time. nailed it yeah. he nailed that if that's what he was going for he if, nailed it if after this he played uh like a, a 18th century poet with consumption right. then i would ah! say he's the greatest act- actor ever right right but i think he is exactly the opposite opposite of screech where he was cast as himself and he's nailing it right yeah Whereas screech was cast as himself and, and he's and a, failed at a the bumbling task. mess so yeah, so this the thing the Elvis statue shatters, and then that's when Zach goes, "The king is dead." <laughs> Again, it, wait, and that <laughs> that fake guitar thing was on a mop. It was on a mop. It was into camera. It was completely. Uh, it was shot on a separate area. Yeah, the lighting was absolutely terrible. Like there were humongous shadows on the left side of right. the screen. It it was this whole like insert shot just for the kind of the worst joke. Like right. 
it was it was barely a joke. The king is dead again. Right. That it's was, like not that even was the whole thing. And yeah, they, they took the time to just put that for in there it to be. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's another case of Zach talking right to the camera, right which to happens camera. quite a few times. I thought it was a mistake the first time he did it when they oh, were all in the first. Oh, yeah, hallway. people who are familiar with the show I have to tell you that he does talk to the camera a lot, and he is able to freeze time. That's there's time where he'll look oh. at the camera and go time out, and then it freezes time, and then he talks to the camera. Oh yes, but he doesn't have magical powers. That's not part of it. It's never acknowledged. They never, it's <laughs> never acknowledged in any way. Well, that's kind of genius, and they're kind of saying we all know this is super bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. It, we're clearly <laughs> we're doing a play in, in the living room. Time out. Let's all get drinks. I I have to go to the bathroom. Of them being kids in the kitchen, coming up with a play and then coming out to the living room to perform it is like the most perfect thing I've ever heard. You I know mean, what? Genius. It reminds me of my cousins who do it every Christmas, mm-hmm. and my niece Nora, and my my uh, cousins Sophie and Anna and Miranda, and theirs is so much better. Ah! That's the first thing I thought of was they're better performers. They think of more interesting they have stories. A better play. They're, they have a better play just standing in front of me in the right. <laughs> living room. And then. Christmas this fully formed TV show with the hottest lighting and also it looks like they're inside a box of crayons like everything is blue red yellow (laughs) it's like we got dropped off at fucking TV preschool okay (laughs) I'm gonna try to stay positive no no it's this is awesome Uh, so so when it shatters then Screech faints but then it immediately goes into his dream sequence because again he took it so literally when his mom's like I would die if anything happened to it so he dreams his mom is dead right so he's trying to glue the statue together. And then, yeah, that's when Ruth, Bu- Ruth Buzzy comes in. Uh, and I did get an email about this to notice, and I did, that there she's flapping her arms even though she has <laughs> wings. She's got wings. I love it. But she comes in flapping her arms and is like, hey, kid, hi, child. I told you I'd die. Yeah. If I, that was just so dark. It's super dark. I mean, I know it's dark. a dream sequence, but it's still like... A teenager imagining his mother is dead well, for because comedic effect. You get it, like it's a, it's like you get the joke the first time they say it or the idea. There's right. no, there's nothing more to be illustrated, right? So then it's just doing it for costume's sake, really, yeah, or for Ruth Buzzy's sake, who is qu- quite a broad actress. It almost seems like she set the bar, and then all the kids were like, every everyone's eyes got a little wider like, and oh, arms got a little flappier. Yeah, 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 exactly. Totally. So she comes in. She's like, I told you I'd die if anything happened to it. And then he's like, I'm sorry, mom. And then, yeah, that's when she's like, you got to explain it to this guy. And it's Belding <laughs> as the king, Belding. which I just wrote down blasphemy. Like I was like, Belding as Elvis. No, but that's only because of my personal stake in Elvisness. Right. Um, so, yeah. So they're both angels and then they fly off flapping their arms and wings. And then when Screech comes to we're back at school and then that's when they're like, it's cool. We'll just buy another Elvis statue. And Lisa and Kelly come back from the mall and they're like, hey, idiots, easier said than done. It's $250, right? (laughs) Right. And of course, they're all teenagers. So we're like, where the fuck are we going to get $250? Right. And then, yeah, then he doesn't, Zach just goes, I got an idea, like into the camera. And then you immediately cut to a poker game. Yeah. Which, yes, I, I was like, who, what teenagers are like, I'm going to hustle him at poker? Like, yeah. How I, is that a thing? It's not even, yeah, it's not even younger kids game or like risk or something that yeah. people would have experience with. It's poker. It's full on poker. The guy at Nerdstrom's wearing like a, vi- a dealer visor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have chips. Like I just, <laughs> I never played poker when I was younger. Even if you played a game like it, like say uh, we knew, we got taught 21 at a pretty early age, but we'd never play with chips because chips are like this conceptual idea. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I guess they were playing for real money, so it made sense for them, but still like chips to you as a kid, you just have to understand what all that kind of I, meant. Completely. And also I would think that they, okay, Presumably, Zach, this is his idea because he thinks, I guess he thinks because Max is such a nerd, like he doesn't have the street smarts, I guess, that yeah. he has. So he assumes, oh, I'll beat this guy at poker, of course, because he's a nerd. Right. But I'd argue if he's the richest, most powerful nerd, he probably would have had experience playing poker or something like it because he's leading a different life than you are. Like, he's probably hanging with like his dad's CEO friends who do play poker like you know he's privy to like poker information more than zach would be he is and money and finance well i think the basic 
if you're in your most rudimentary definition of a nerd, it's someone that's really good at math. Yeah. So there, that alone, if anything, he could be like a card counter. He'd be a card counter. He could just be more strategically minded yes. and more like logical. And then also, if he's the richest, most powerful nerd at Bayside, then he's the kind of person that can just keep getting new chips. And like right. he doesn't have. It's he's n- got nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. He can the just stakes. keep buying chips. Yeah, and I. So yeah, I just love the idea that like Zach thinks he's gonna win at poker because he's cool. Yeah, like my coolness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, poker's a cool game, and I'm a cool dude. Yep. So my coolness is probably gonna let me win over a nerd. But he really learned a lesson there, didn't he? he because did. he lost everything, he and lost then everything. they had to bet the dog. Yeah, and that's awesome. So yeah, so they totally lose terribly, and he's got this nerd storm. He's got this huge stack of chips, but then Zach gets a good hand. And has zero, po- for all the coolness goes out the window because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win. Like the opposite of a poker face. He's like shouting about how great his hand is. Right. Which is like, these are the details, the, the subtleties of poker, of playing poker as an adult, where it's like you're lying, you're bluff- yes. bluffing chips, all those things that make it not fun as a kid because you don't get stuff like that as yes. a kid. Yeah. And he, so he immediately blows it. He gets <laughs> like, his hand. Yeah, look at this. No, yeah. Everyone's standing behind him. Look at my awesome him. hand, everybody. Yeah. Which is like, you don't do that because you want him to bet more. Dummy. But anyway, so he does that. And then Max Nurstrom is like, oh, sounds great. Let's bet. So he starts, he's like, I bet all my chips. And then um, he's like, this is over 250 bucks. And then that's when Zach's like, shit, what are we going to bet? And then he's like, Screech, get your dog. <laughs> and that, yeah, I was like, how much is a dog worth? Well, if you're going to part it out. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you? It doesn't make sense. How do you measure if they got the dog at the pound? Isn't it worth zero dollars technically? I paid three hundred bucks for my dog at the pound. Oh, really? And then if you just are using the pelt, you know, you could sell that <laughs> on, a, on a on a fence on Fairfax sure. for like seventy five bucks. <laughs> a basset hound pelt wouldn't that be awesome to throw down in front of the fireplace? Totally, just. A luxuriant <laughs> bass and hound pelt. Yeah, Laying so on top of a dead bass. God, can you imagine that is so gruesome. <laughs> Leave the flea collar on. So it's not like you can't measure the worth of a breathing thing. Mm-mm. Like in general, that's monstrous. But it's also if you do want to get practical with it, it's like how do you determine how much it is? Also, the fact that Screech just gives up. Like here you go. Like I'd be like, no, you can't have my dog embedded in a poker game. So right. I don't care if you're going to win or lose. That's also crazy. But yeah, so he wins, right? Zach had four queens. He had four kings. Got to be the first time in the history of poker. The two odds people are at the same table yes. had those hands. Yep. So he wins. And only two people playing. And only two people playing. Somehow they both Someone got... didn't shuffle. It was yeah, a brand new deck. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, there's just no way that would ever happen. No. Unless every other card was wild. Or something like that. There's a you have. There's a lot of uh, what do they call that? Suspending disbelief in this show. Oh, there's, of course, it's all it's, it is. It's required. The thing that helps me is that the audience. I love that. My favorite part about the show is when the audience laughs. It's so clearly a group of eight year olds. Oh, <laughs> that is the best thing. Like to me, that forgives everything. If they had some kind of Laverne and Shirley laugh track on this, whereas they were trying to convince us that adults were laughing right. at this, I would be super pissed. But the idea, it's. I mean, it really, truly sounds like a live recording, right. and it sounds like little giddy children excited right. about jokes that aren't funny because it's They're funny just, to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like just holding a dog is funny to right. them. All of it is. <laughs> funny to them so you just get these cute little like in the middle of things where like i go down my comedy evil comedy hole of like bullshit or whatever and then it's just like <laughs> like a little kid who's like got to go out for the day exactly and holding have a, big a day. dog is funny <laughs> <laughs> bring that dog in here you're gonna fucking shit it's crazy. Look at him holding that dog. But you could hear it. They would laugh at the funniest, like non-joke jokes. Like they, of course, the big eye flares and stuff, and right. anything Screech did. But they're also just weird, funny little things that, like, would get this little titter in the audience. That was the most charming thing in the right, world. Right. Well, so yeah, he holds the dog. No, but here's the thing: he takes the dog. That's what yeah. blew my mind. Is he wins? Max Nurstrom wins. And then he's like, thank you, and takes the dog. Because he's evil. Because, yeah, who, what teen, I would be like, okay, I won. I'll take whatever the money is here. You can keep your, I don't want a dog. Yeah, I didn't you, come into this thinking I was leaving with a dog. Yeah. I'm not going to go check. sell your dog. Yeah. Where am I going to do that? A black market for <laughs> Bazout? Like, what? No, I would just be like, keep your dog. He's a nerd for um, black market dog sales. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what he really nerds out on the most. So he actually has a lot of connections down in Koreatown. Like dog fighter. <laughs> it's he's a basset like, hound in with like the vicious pit bulls that have, with cut ears. So sad. So yeah, he takes the dog. That just blew, that blows my mind. So he walks out with the dog like, thanks guys. And then of course, you know, Screech is like, what the fuck? But then immediately, like as soon as he walks, Max Nurtrum leaves the house, Screech's mom calls. Right. And they do a split screen, and I wrote this down because it was hilarious to me, as someone who has been to Graceland many times. She's dressed in, like, a straw hat with a straw purse and, like, a Hawaiian... Sh- she's dressed yep. as if she's calling from Jamaica. Right. When she's calling from Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> like, that just made me laugh, too. Like, it's not a beach destination. Yeah, they went into the costume department, and they went to the vacation Exactly. Clothes. That's it's exactly totally what the it vacation is. vault. And I like that there was a neat, hot, like, neon um, line between the two. Oh, yeah. Sh- Shot. To so it was really show you, yeah, yeah, that it's the '90s, yes. and this is a phone call, mom on the phone scene. Yes, it was totally. awesome. Mom from her yacht in <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> all wearing like boat or beach attire. Um, yeah, so she's like, "Hey, I'm having fun. Whatever. Let me talk to the dog." And then that's when Screech hands Zach the phone to talk like the dog, which I actually thought he, I had, I knew, of course, he handled it like, well. Like everything else in the show, I saw it coming, right? And I will claim it. I will proudly say, I saw a lot of this stuff coming, and uh, yeah, I saw the dog talking like a dog coming, and he didn't make me uncomfortable. He did it with some kind of self-respect. Yes. It, it wasn't was pretty t- real. He didn't totally screech out and roll his eyes and do a bunch of stuff. He like, yeah, he kind of, he accomplished it. Right. I was, I wasn't unhappy. If I was the director, I would have been like cut print moving on. We're good. <laughs> you nailed it, Zach. <laughs> you nailed the dog on the phone part. You nailed it, but you didn't give yourself away. Right, right. And that's what's important. <laughs> so yeah, so they, so that's fine though, and he he convinces her that the dog is still around. They hang up, whatever. Next day, we're at school. Uh, Zach and Slater team up to bully up on Nerdstrom in the locker room, and they're like, "What the fuck, man? You took our friend's dog. That is weird. Admittedly, that's pretty weird. You took the dog we offered. Yeah, in the game. Like, who would really do that? And yeah. then so they get all up in his face, and then Slater slams him into a locker. Okay, can I say this really quick? Yeah, when that scene started. I thought the way they came in and the way like Slater was co- was like coming at Nerdstrom, and then Zach was like, "Hey, man, hold on." And I thought that they were doing something. They were doing fake. like a bit. It looked like they were doing a bit, but then it never turned out to be that way. So it looked like they were setting something up, whatever. It seemed like another one of Zach's plans. Right. But then it just turned out to really be what was Yeah, happening. I think you're right because I think that too. I think they were doing a bit because I think what at first the plan was to make Nerdstrom think Slater was going to kick his ass. I feel like the whole time Slater knew like, He's not going to actually kick his ass, but we got to make him think you are. But then I think... But then he slams him up against the locker. Yeah. I think that's what is as far as it was going to go. I think they expected... I think the bit was uh, Slater's going to act all riled up. Zach's going to act like he can't stop him. And then once he slams him into the locker, that was going to be the final thing where they thought Nerdstrom would go, oh my God, please don't beat me up. I'll give you whatever. But then that's when they got caught. Yeah. So I think it was a bit up until that point because I think the final point of the bit was like, oh, well, we'll, once we slam him up against lockers, we got him. I'm glad to hear that because for a while I thought it was like another like him looking into the camera stopping time where it's like layer upon layer. It's like now they're doing a sketch of the show they're on. Right. Like psych your mind. Now we're just acting like who we are in another in possible sh- scenario right. like yeah started no, really I'm pretty sure it was out. a bit it just failed when he it slammed just him up it just failed on me <laughs> yeah period the end <laughs> but when he slammed him up and then he had a bully alert like that that huge alarm and then belding comes running in then i think that's when the bit ended because they're like oh we really actually can't even threaten to beat him up because he's got this he's crazy got alarm a watch that's also a bully alert yes is that a running thing did you know no. about that already? No, no, no. That's just in this episode. See, so this is another thing they do where they weirdly don't emphasize things. It's almost like they have these com- comedic things there, but like, and it is a bunch of kids, 
but they don't emphasize things correctly so that you kind of understand like the way they did all that it made me think there's always been a nerd alert oh okay because there was so little reaction it wasn't like they got caught and so they're like oh this is such a surprise right which would be a great opportunity to flare your eyes and do big googly eyes like they love to in the general way of like that's a weird thing for a person to have yes like like, anyone would be like you have a fucking alarm on you again it's like they can't they don't have time to be surprised because they have to reset to their next emotion or right, their, right, right. their next job so that was another one where i was a little bit confused and i just assumed nerd alert must be a thing everyone knows about and so they just got caught this time or no something. it's totally only in this episode and mm-hmm. they just act like well that's another thing i mean there are things in many episodes and again i like to always ask that like imagine if that happened in your high school imagine if you bumped into somebody in the hall and like a bully alarm went off. like you would be like what the fuck is that in my high school, that person would be murdered in the, in that hallway. No one would say a word. No one would no right. one would report it. It would go. They would get buried in a field. The end. And they would deserve it. And they would deserve it. <laughs> it was the eighties. Yeah, but yeah, you would just be like, "What the hell?" And so, yeah, there's so many things like that where they just don't have the reaction that anyone would have. Right. But yeah, so the princess just makes it hard to follow everyone because, and also this, they're working overtime. I mean, I, we were shitting on the writers earlier but they do have like like plot a b c d oh, and e yeah it's hilarious yeah yeah. yeah. there's a lot going it's action-packed. on action-packed yeah it's really it's really layered a b c d and e it's uh it's very dense child show <laughs> <laughs> one of the denser children's shows i've ever seen so yeah so belding runs in and is like are you okay and then they convince him to say like you know zach and slater are like yeah don't worry we're just horsing around whatever and then that's when they go, what do we got to do, Nerdstrom, to get the dog back? And that's when he says, I'll trade you the dog for a, j- a date with Jesse. Right. Which, a, a, I'll trade you this living, breathing thing for another living, breathing thing. That you, in reality, have no control over. But uh, So then it turns into a very special episode about pimping. Yes. Because it's yes. totally like, ask the boys to get the girl to do yes. a thing she doesn't want to do. Ask the boys to make the girl trade herself for a dog. <laughs> a dog, dude. Like, damn. <laughs> I mean, how like literal is that? Like, the girl is equal to a dog for me. Well, and also, yes. And the, then there that moment that was very stuck out to me, because I don't know anything about it, where they were like, she's going to hate that. Let's do it. Yep. So what, is she a big bitch? Or like, she's they don't like, like the her? the feminist of the show. Like, literally, she's always getting on Slater's case for calling her babe. Oh, okay. She's a feminist. Right. She's... She, I mean, she's pretty feminism 101, but it's still like, that's her thing. It's like, don't, weird. don't call girls if babes. Was, if she was feminism 3 She's really she's coming correct advanced. with like Judith Butler, like <laughs> feminist theory. No, she, but she's really like, you know, don't call me, women shouldn't be called babe. Like that's, she's always saying things like that basically. Huh. So that makes it even more like that. She's the one being traded for a dog. It's like, hello. Irony. Yeah. 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 So deep. they that's some deep shit. It is totally. And then so they just so they're like, yeah, we'll do it, even though we have not consulted the woman who we will be trading for you. But, but we're men. We're in charge. That's we're, a good thing to teach girls. Exactly. Early. They're just in you just charge. have to do what they say. Don't fight it. Try to figure out some other way around. Yeah, it. yeah, because yeah, that's just how it's going to be. They're all in charge. They make deals with each other in locker rooms. There's and then not, you have to do what they say about it. Exactly. So then cut to the max, and Zach is like all right, I got an idea to raise the money. And they're like, what? Have a party. And they're like, what? You fucking idiot. And he's like, no, we're going to charge 10 bucks a head. And then they're like, yes. And he goes, spread the word. Party at Screech's 7 p.m. Now, I'm not a hard partier. Don't go to a lot of clubs. I will say, I can't think of anything less appealing or less worth $10 than a party at the nerdiest kid in school's house at 7 (laughs) p.m. For $10? Yep. In these, I could go to the movies twice for $10. And they, when, you know, again, spoiler alert, but when it actually comes around, all they do is dance. All they do is dance. There's no drinks. There's nothing Nothing. extra. I think they They didn't even move the couch out of the way. They didn't know. It's all as it was in the original scene. They did hang, they strung up some nice lanterns. I think that's it. I didn't see any food, drinks. Indoor lanterns, nothing else. So it was a $10 party to stand around and dance. In Screech's living room that they made no accommodation. Like, they moved nothing out of the way. Least appealing party ever. And everybody, they go tell everybody and they lose their minds. And it's crowded. And it's crazy. Yep. So, yeah. So they raise all the money by having this whack-ass party. (laughs) 
And then Max shows up in like a stay in a live suit, a white stay in a live suit with Jesse as his date. Yep. Makes Jesse dance with her, him, um, the whole time. And then finally, he he was like, I'm not bringing the dog back until Legs dances with me all night or whatever. Right. And so they're like, yeah. And then he does. He gets his nerd henchman to come in at like 10 o'clock to bring the dog in. And you're right. It's just a curly haired dude with giant glasses and a bow tie. Nerd! Such a fucking nerd, right? Nerd! Uh, what a gross nerd. So he brings <laughs> in the dog. And then they give the money to Slater. To go get the run, get the statue at the mall last minute once they get enough after at everybody the, uh, pays at for the, the statue awesome store party. at the mall. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> As you can see, again, nobody can see this. I have tons of Elvis shit. I love Elvis Presley. I've been to Graceland a bunch. I got most of this shit at Graceland. You don't go to Walmart or whatever no. and get an Elvis statue. No. Like, they're not just readily available. No. But although, when I was in Chicago um, working on Rosie's show, mm-hmm. uh, I worked with a producer, my friend Glenn, and he brought me an elvis head i think actually he kept it himself but he let me keep it in my office uh-huh. and it was so awesome because the eyes were like human eyes like the rest of it looked like any other like it was kind of like that right where he's looking over his shoulder and it's oh, right whatever but the someone painted in these eyes <gasps> that were like the creepiest thing so people would come into my office and then just start freaking out be like elvis is watching us it was the best wait where did he get it he found it at a thrift store oh but it was so good he was like i I'm going to let you keep this in here, but I have to keep it myself I have to have it it back. so good. I understand. I'm sure I freaked out when I first saw it, so he felt like right. he kind of had to let me no, keep I it in my it. office for a little while, but it was... It's- well, yeah, I guess a thrift... Okay, sure, a thrift store, but they say... Like, in the thing, Lisa's like, yeah, we found it at the mall, yeah, and it not cost happening. $250. And yeah. you're right, it's like at a statue store, at like Elvis <laughs> R.S. Like, it just wasn't an everyday thing you'd get at the mall. I mean, if I was in that writer's room, I'd just say, can we take a look at this? Yeah. Can we just take a look at this moment, and let's just talk it back through? Yeah, because... Just it, see what we can do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I'm not buying that. But anyway, so he goes to the, the, the mall and gets the statue, comes back, and then... But yeah, so the parents get back early... And you're right, Zach's always scheming ahead. He's always two or three schemes ahead of his current scheme. So, the mom does, Ruth Buzzy comes in, what the fuck, this looks like a party. And they're like, it is, but uh, it's for your anniversary. And then that's when the sign drops, happy anniversary. Brilliant fix. Brilliant fix, however, of course, any, like, I, again, I put myself in these because I think about, okay, what if this is me and my mom comes up? My mom would be like, okay, wait a minute. You kids are throwing a party for our anniversary. <laughs> like, no fucking way. And then yeah. secondly, she'd be like, I'm home early. Like, you didn't know yeah. to when to throw this fake party. But then she couldn't be mad because they literally weren't doing anything. <laughs> they, they, oh, no, totally. Unless it's like a footloose town and it's illegal to dance. There was right. nothing. Well, it just, was like, the, just the virtue of having a party. Like, he just right. wasn't supposed to have a party. No parties, no girls. Right. But still, so it was ju- kind of exactly. like... It's like the tamest party, but he is still technically having a party. But it's just the fact that she instantly goes, oh, it's for us. It's for yeah. our anniversary. Like, not at all taken into consideration. Like, what teenagers give a fuck about their parents' anniversary? And also, like, I'm she's home early. She'd be like, ah, you didn't even know I was going to be here. But at the same time, she is a person who had a full conversation with someone who she thought was oh, her dog. dog. <laughs> so this is not... She's not a you know, chemistry professor. That's true. This she did Ruth have a Buzzy. full-on conversation with a guy posing as her dog. Yeah, meant it, felt it, yes. loved it, said goodbye, said put your older brother on the phone. <laughs> it's just hilarious. That's true. That's put true. your older brother on the phone. So yeah, so she is immediately like, it's cool. And then Slater comes in, trips, throws the statue. Zach catches it slow-mo. just in time. Slow-mo. Totally slow-mo. Awesome. Puts it back on its on its tower. Yep. It's column. It's pedestal. Of course. Where yeah. it belongs. <laughs> I said that out loud to my apartment full of Elvis <laughs> things. Um, and then she goes, there's something wrong with it. And they're like, oh, shit. Thinking maybe they got the wrong one or something. And then she just turns it. She goes, the king likes to look at the kitchen and see me cook. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then that's it. So at the end of the day, everything is saved. Even after 900 schemes, they did it right. Yeah. And it's all it all wraps up nicely, just like everything did in life in teen years. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. when there's uh, 
it was exactly like junior high, high school, where everything, there's no pain. No pain. Nothing messy. No consequences. The nerds kind of like were okay and they were protected and uh, yep. everyone's feelings were very well considered. There was light pimping, but light it pimping. turned out fine. Light pimping and pandering. Just some light <laughs> grab ass. Um, but did that, did the nerd get, did get sent out of the party? Yeah. Remember he goes, I'm not leaving until I get a kiss. A goodnight kiss. Oh, that's right. And he thought it was from Jesse, but then they just put the dog's <laughs> nose on him, and he goes, right. and he's like, oh, you're such a good kisser. Right, what and a woman. And they were like, you kissed the dog, and then he's so humiliated that he runs out. Oh, okay. He also was another actor that clearly was 40. Oh, he totally was. He was very old. Yeah. And very over the top. Yeah. Very, uh... I mean, I guess, you know, kids like strong flavors. Like, yeah. that. that's just how it is. You can't have subtlety in a high school show. It'll get totally missed. It will. You it gotta have will. people coming out and doing jazz hands. You gotta have dudes named Max Nerdstrom. Max Nerdstrom. So you know who the nerd is. Is he popular? No, he's not popular. He's actually a nerd. It's in his name. It turns out. Yeah. Um, so, so having not ever watched this ever, I mean, did you ever, even when it was like flipping channels or anything, you never caught... No, this is the kind of television because when it was on, this is, I was twenty. Uh-huh. So, well, even watching it now makes me feel hungover. Like that's the kind of show it makes me feel sick to my stomach. Right. It makes me feel. Um, it makes me feel like no one's minding the shop. It makes me feel like something bad is happening, and I'm trying to avoid it. Right. Like it's everything. It 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 puts a strange primal fear into me that it reflects the time, the age I really was when that was really on, and it was really an option to watch it and it, I would feel bad usually all the time. <laughs> so, and it was that kind of thing where there's, it's so funny because when I like growing up, my dad, my dad was a fireman. So he was home three days a week and gone four, or, right. or vice versa. And when he was home, he would hound us about the television we watched. He was such a dick about it, but in the fun, now I love it. But in back then, like he would go stand next to the television and go, that's not real laughter. That's a little old man turning up the volume oh, on no a box. Kidding. Like he would get really mad. He wouldn't, we were not allowed to watch Three's Company because it was too sexual. We were not allowed to watch Laverne and Shirley because he said, because they scream. Like, he just hated the comedy. Right. So we were only allowed to watch certain things. We were allowed to watch Happy Days, though, because I guess it was, like, a different tone or whatever. But, um, so anyway, shows like this have that kind of verboten, um, this is not good television, I shouldn't be watching it Oh, okay, okay. Anyway. Right. Like, that kind of thing. Like, when I would be at my friend's house and they would their moms would let them watch those shows that my dad made it very clear. These were like, it was bad taste almost. Right. I would get that weird feeling of like, Oh, this isn't good. Like these people aren't being raised correctly. Oh my God. That's amazing. Super ridiculous. It's super. But he also used to make us watch, um, uh, Cosmos, Carl Sagan's show Cosmos. He would force us to watch that. Like that's what we would watch at night. So he's kind of like a, it was, in the best way and like paid off, but he was kind of a, a fascist about TV in that way where he was like, we're not watching that. You're going to watch this. Right. And, um, and, but the good part about that was like, by the time I was nine, I had a dead on Carl Sagan impression <laughs> because it made me so mad that that was my way of. Rebellion. Right. Right. Yeah. But you were like a million times smarter than I was. Still am a million times smarter than me, know. but even we don't know teen that. years, of course, because <laughs> this is all I watched. This came on four times a day, and this is all I watched when I got home from school. And on top of that, I was like, homework? Who needs to do homework? I'm going to watch this. Oh, me too. Uh, and homework. then I'm going to go listen to records and do zero work ever. Like, friends that we have that we know that went to colleges and fancy colleges, mm-hmm. I know for a fact those people always did their homework and, yeah. and throughout their young adult life. And I, it's as crazy to me as like people get their face tattooed. Like, I don't understand how anyone ever did homework I ever when did. it was like, that's, it was up to you. It was your choice. You, and you did it. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do that? I, that's like a, it's like a magic trick. How did you do it? I could not, I could never do it. Right. No, I didn't either. I just watched Save by the Bell. Yep. And look how it's paid off. <laughs> look at look it. Look at you. Look at, look at where I am now. Well, I appreciate you coming over and watching this terrible television with me. I loved it. 
And uh, I, I, it's kind of a weird honor to me that you've w- you watched your first entire episode of this with me. I know. Well, I feel. I mean, very, it's kind of. I'm not joking about that. Kind of. It's pretty cool because it's my favorite thing, and I love having everything that happens in my life be recorded or podcasted yes, somehow. Yes, so, so it really per- it, it worked turned out, out for both of us. It really did. Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And this was super fun. And I want to say thanks again, as I always do, to everyone sending me awesome emails because I get tons of them. Oh, yeah. There's people. There's the one thing I will say is uh, my friends um, who uh, were APs on that same job at Rosie, uh-huh. um, we had someone on. I can't remember who it was that had something to do with Saved by the Bell. And we had a contest. And the girls, Hannah, Haley, and Tennille, were the P- APs and they had to put the quiz questions together. Uh-huh. They went so deep. They got into fights. They all knew. Everybody knew. Be- and I was like, I was just sitting in my office going, oh, I get it. This is a whole generation younger yeah. than me. This is like not, this is, I am out of this. I wish 100%. I could have been there for that because I would have And it was intense and everybody down. in the office got into it. Like it was yeah. a whole thing. And for me, it was like, um, people fighting over the honeymooners or something where I was just right. like, oh, I don't even know. What right, you're right, right. I don't get the reference. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. But it was weird. It was weird to be that person because right. I've never been this old before, oh. I guess. That's oh kind of the God. feeling. It's like, oh, this is not of my time at all. This right. Is when I was like. Yeah, because there was, yeah, there's definitely, for people my age, like I said, it came on like four times a day right after school. So it's, it was just unavoidable. Yeah. It's their, it's their threes company or Gilligan's right. Island. Absolutely. Their, yeah, yeah. Their stuff. But, um, but no, it's fun. It's always fun to have people on who haven't watched it. It always is to see, you know, you guys just being like, wait, so he talks to the camp? Like, I don't. Yeah. So that's always fun. So I like it. It's good. And um, I'm going to have future guests who have also not seen it. I like to have a balance of people obsessed with it like me and then people who have never seen it. So. Um, so yeah. So thanks for listening, you guys. And thanks for the emails and continuing to leave me uh, good reviews on iTunes and all that kind of stuff because it totally helps. And it also makes my day. And um, I appreciate it. And it's a cool thing to do. So if you are watching along on Netflix, the next episode I will be covering is one called Blind Dates. And that will be next week. So I will talk <laughs> at you guys then. What's Thank you. Happen? Beat, 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 beat,